Margie, I'm really looking forward to our discussion today with Dom and Robin as we talk about automation and digital on demand. And I think some of the things they're going to highlight are good for all of us to hear that we need to be thoughtful about what we're automating and that even though it sounds so easy and so quick, there is a process. And I think they're going to lay out some of the things that make it easier to go through that process to automation. That's right, Julie. And as they say, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step, but sometimes the hardest part is figuring out what that single step should be. So on that note, let's talk tax. You're listening to Tap Into Tax, PwC's podcast series covering current regulatory, legislative, and technology hot topics through the lens of our technical leaders, as well as process and technology subject matter specialists. This podcast features discussions with some of our leading minds around tax, trade, and domestic policy. Stay tuned to our regular updates and subscribe to our series to get notified as new episodes are published. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Tap Into Tax. This is Julie Allen. I am PwC's National Tax Service Market Leader and Tax M&A National Practice Leader. And joining me today is my co-host, Margie Dundashaw, PwC's U.S. Tax Reporting and Strategy and East Region Leader. On today's episode of Tap Into Tax, we're excited to welcome Dom Megna, a principal in our tax reporting and strategy practice, and Robin Stein, a director in our PwC Labs practice. Dom and Robin will discuss how leading tax functions are pursuing quick wins right now using small automation that are not only yielding terrific ROI, but are easier than expected to implement. We love hearing about these types of success stories. So Dom and Robin, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Julie and Margie. Happy to be here. Thanks, Julie and Margie. So let's jump right in. Dom, can you start by sharing broadly what you're seeing with your clients right now? What are they focusing on as we enter this new year? Sure, absolutely, Julie, and thanks for that. Tax functions have a lot on their plates right now. For example, the continuing flow of new legislation and regulations and the increasing level of reporting obligations. We're also seeing a lot of finance teams that our tax clients are working with really wanting a quicker close cycle, putting more pressure on tax-related processes, as well as a desire to trim costs and be more fit for growth and have more of a fit for purpose to better integrate with the entire organization. At the same time, and in parallel, C-suites are demanding more real-time transparency on proposed business changes, such as digitization efforts, deals, supply chain changes, and the impact that it has for tax, as well as the broader business, as well as to support just broader and faster decision-making. They really want their tax leaders to be able to translate tax technical analysis into plain language and specific risk-based recommendations. And that really requires a lot of complex modeling and analysis. A really good example of this is legal entity forecasting. Tax is working directly with FP&A within an organization as well as the transfer pricing team. And there's a need there to obviously gather a lot of data from ERP platforms in order to do that planning process. The need really resides around how to automate that process in an efficient manner in order to obviously impact downstream provision calculations and to have strategic tax planning in effect. The issue that a lot of our clients are seeing is 
since tax doesn't own that data, they don't always get what they need. And getting to that legal entity books and records is often very difficult. In order to do it right, that also requires having synergies between what the FP&A team is doing, that core tax team, as well as the transfer pricing team within that organization. And to do it really well, you need to be able to automate all of those streams of data to get down to that legal entity forecast and to be able to process it in a way that you can help impact those business decisions. The bottom line is that tax functions are looking for ways to create more automated processes in order to enable more time to be spent on these types of demands and asks from the organization. Companies are really taking a hard look at their operations with the goal of creating that time in order to support these business impact decisions and meeting their regular reporting obligations, such as compliance, forecasting, and the ongoing planning that tax is responsible for. In order for tax to meet these demands, they really need to look for new opportunities to understand where they're streamlined and standardized, how they get that data, how they automate the processes associated with it in order to get things done in a more efficient manner. So there's a lot more in terms of the need around an assessment of those special projects and where these items can then further be automated in the future. And Dom, this is consistent with the trends that I'm seeing with my clients right now. A couple of the key things that you focused on is being able to translate that tax technical analysis into plain language and then really looking for those opportunities to streamline and standardize their functions are key right now. And in the M&A environment, it's really heating up right now. And many of the tax functions are needing to carve out time to get ready for a significant transaction or even a multitude of transactions. And this can really burden a tax functions already strained compliance calendar. And so we're hearing a lot about the shift toward automation to generate efficiencies to actually do more with less. In fact, during PwC's recent Global Tax Symposium, 48% of the heads of tax surveyed indicated that their tax departments are looking to change their internal processes or increase their use of automation. But as we know, the devil is in the details as how to do this. In the beginning, we refer to these so-called quick wins. And what are these so-called quick wins and how can tax benefit? It's really a difficult time right now for tax functions. You know, I talked a little bit about the fact that there's obviously a lot of demands and obviously as organizations, and we're seeing this as we work with organizations, like you mentioned, in terms of the deal activity. A common pain point that clients are approaching us saying is, I would love to adopt automation solutions. I understand where the value will lie in my organization. The problem I have is I don't have the time to do it. You know, the year-end close process may not be the best time to embark on a large transformation or a digital acceleration within the tax function. So how do I find some of those quick wins utilizing small automation that I can get some instant ROI, such as whether those are time savings, enhanced analytics, as well as improved governance procedures? The great thing that we have is that tax functions don't have to start from scratch in order to develop these quick wins. Tax can now leverage existing automation through a third-party library. PwC has a third-party library called Digital On Demand, which is a platform that we've developed. That can be scaled for tax processes. It also could be utilized in the finance function. These out-of-the-box small automations can provide a head start because they are typically 70 to 80% already baked and configured with the embedded controls and governance and the structure of how they're built in order to facilitate the initial onboarding of an automated solution into that particular client environment potentially saving weeks, if not months of time to start an automation process. 
I know, Robin, you're spending quite a bit of time with Digital On Demand and how you work with clients. Maybe you could spend a little bit of time educating us in terms of the platform and how it functions. Yeah, so Dom, clients are really surprised to hear how the tools within Digital On Demand were actually created. They are a product of our own digital journey. As you know, for the last two years as a firm, we have been on a journey to digitize our firm and transform the way we work. As part of that, we incentivize our people to develop automations and really think differently about how they apply technology in new ways. And the results were astounding. Our people developed over 6,500 assets that are available within our internal platform. And after seeing the success across our teams, we have curated and refined a number of those assets for our clients and what we believe would be most relevant for them that they can now leverage through digital on demand. Robin and Dom, as I'm talking to my clients, there's the general acceptance that we need to save time, we need to save cost, and automation is a way to get there. One of many, but it's a good tool. But what the concern is, they can't take people offline to spend a period of time automating some of their current work streams because they've got day jobs to get done and they can't jeopardize compliance schedules, provision schedules, other demands. So they're really struggling. And so they're trying to figure out ways to what to automate, how to automate it, because they want to shave off weeks of development and process time, but they can't pull their people offline to go and do this. So they're searching for ideas on matching automation with their common pain points, and then how it can be scalable, because once you fix one thing, there's other things that need to be addressed. So Robin, can you peel back the onion on this and provide us some examples on what are they automating and how are they automating it? Sure, Margie. So there are a number of common tasks within the tax function where automation can be immediately effective. Automations can apply to administrative tasks, data manipulation and transformation, and complex tax calculations. Let me jump into a couple of examples to bring this to life. First, we all deal with data. We have all been in the situation where we have taken source data, we have run an analysis, and we've been ready to finalize when something in the source file changes. Historically, we've had to manually analyze the original and updated files to determine what changed. But leveraging automation tools that reconcile data sets allows you to easily and efficiently highlight the differences in a matter of seconds. This allows you to focus on the business decisions around the best path forward versus the manual analysis that would otherwise be required. Second, automations can be used to drive complex calculations, reconciling effective tax rate, calculating earnings and profits for CFCs, and generating state and local tax addbacks. The automations will compile and consolidate the data, apply built-in logic, and generate bottom line results. To take it even a step further, the results can then be fed into visualization tools that can be leveraged to drive business insights from those calculations. The last point I want to touch on is the use of AI within tax. It is becoming much more common for tax to leverage AI to identify and extract data. Dom, I know you've seen this in practice with various clients. Would love your thoughts on how AI is being used successfully today. Yeah, absolutely, Robin. Thank you. And AI tools can be really powerful. And when I think about AI tools, I think about some more of the simple data extraction to to really more complex logic. For example, tax can extract information from partnership agreements or tax forms. Think about your 1065s or your K1s or 1120s, as well as electronic contracts and other types of documents. Another key area where we're seeing AI being used right now is in the use of extracting from property tax bills. Think about a large real estate organization who has real estate portfolio across the United States. 
in every jurisdiction, local and state, right, there are property tax assessments that are that are rendered against that organization. There's a need to pull down that information and extract from those assessments, which are always in different formats. There's no standardized format here in order to pull that data off. What that requires, right, is first the use of AI to scan from that PDF form. The second is training that AI model to be able to understand where to look on specific forms to be able to extract the right data and coming up with what is the right level of confidence to embed within that process so that as you start to extract, you can further educate the AI model so that it becomes smarter. Just like if you were a human and learning about this for the first time, the more that you do it, the more that you get trained on it, the smarter that you get around it. So it's really, really impactful in the tax space in terms of how AI is being used when you do have these large volumes of information that need to be pulled off of PDFs. And Tom, I want to continue on that theme for just a minute because I think you and Robin bring up a really key point on AI and also on the continued progression that we go through with AI and how it helps us further identify how we can refine our process and extraction. And I will tell you that there's a real opportunity to utilize these extraction tools and AI models for clients to help streamline a variety of M&A related issues and processes. And maybe if I just give a brief example, you know, it's been used for M&A due diligence processes for acquisitions and divestiture transactions to help buyers flag potential issues sooner or to adjust their purchase prices and perform other analytics. And it's also being used in the early stages of deal planning. You know, our deals predictive tools, for example, can leverage AI to predict and identify targets. You both described how small automation solutions can drive value. But as I'm talking to a lot of my clients, they're concerned because ultimately it gets down to people making sure their team members have the skills that they need to work in this new digital environment. So work remotely is going to be hanging around for who knows how long, using different skills, using different tools. So from that perspective, Robin, what options do companies have to access these types of solutions when not only do they want to use the solution, but there is some elegance in making sure their people know how to use the tools that are being given to them? There are a few different approaches, Margie, that we're seeing in the marketplace and recognize companies are at differing levels on the digital maturity scale. Some companies are early on in their journey and they're going to require some level of training to apply automations or need to lean on someone who has the skills to support. Other companies that are more advanced from a digital acumen perspective can actually apply the skills that they've developed to leverage and customize automations that are relevant to them. We recognize that tax functions may want or need enablement support to ensure the automations are relevant to their particular needs. In the case of digital on demand, we provide that enablement support through digital academies and automation discovery sessions. Digital academies deliver training sessions on a specific tool. So if tax wants to leverage a visualization tool for an upcoming board meeting on the potential impacts of a proposed U.S. tax legislation, we would train tax team members on how to take the data and create the desired presentation. Automation discovery sessions would give the tax team the ability to identify opportunities for automation in a particular functional area, so say state and local tax, map them to pre-built assets that are available within digital on-demand that they can leverage. From a holistic perspective, Pre-built automations can reduce some overall effort when getting started, accelerate the application of automation, and may be impactful immediately regardless of digital acumen. This, Margie, is really helping tax functions move forward more quickly. 
Robin, thank you so much. And Dom, we're going to come to you next. One of the hurdles that we've historically seen as tax functions move forward on their digital journey is how to communicate with the C-suite about their strategy. Companies, when they think about automation and digitization, they're very frequently thinking about how they interact with their customers and their suppliers and buyers. But when we're talking with them, tax departments are talking about how they digitize and automate their own processes internally. So what advice would would you give tax functions on how to articulate and support the business case for these types of automation and technology investments? Sure. So I'll take this in a couple parts, Margie. Let's start first with business case. And business case is obviously going to be different by organization. One of the things you know, I always, when I sit down and start talking to a client about is, and they're excited about automation, they're hearing a lot about automation, is automation for automation's sake is not going to be what's going to prove value to the organization. And there's a maturity that you start to go through as you start to think about a business case and what ROI is and the impact criteria, as we call it, that you're going to start to assess. Our savings is typically where most organizations start. And it's a really good metric to start to think about. But functions need to focus more broadly on ROI as they start to mature. Things like increased quality. So think about the reduction of errors due to manual intervention. For example, using automated data extraction to address common pain points, such as legal and forecasting, like I mentioned, which have been increasingly more difficult. Also, other impact criteria, such as the ability to accelerate cash or to accelerate the refund process, as well as the ability to mitigate risk. So having more controlled calculations, i.e. better accuracy, as well as the ability to model more scenarios to give better transparency to the organization, the C-suite, different stakeholders, so that decision makers have better insight into their options. And then finally, from an impact criteria, is around employee satisfaction. If you have people that spend the entire close process stumbling through data, working through spreadsheets, having them extract all of this information before they can even start to focus, right? That usually bears on the employee satisfaction. And what we typically see is as organizations are able to digitize and automate these processes that we've been talking about, you tend to see employee satisfaction rise because now they're actually spending time in a consultative nature with different stakeholders in the organization. They're spending more time being tax professionals versus data wranglers. And that's a critical component. It's also important to really recognize the dual goals that exist here. CFOs and senior executives are going to be focused on risk, headcount, standardization, accelerating cash, and enabling better support for the C-suite initiatives, while the tax professionals, on the other hand, are going to be more focused on making their processes easier, being able to show a better impact to the organization in terms of some of the refunds and the cash acceleration that we've talked about, as well as reducing the time that they're spending. A critical component in order to really structure this the right way and get that business case in front of the key stakeholders within the organization so that they understand what you're trying to do and adopt it very quickly is to really think about the long-term digital strategy. And when we talk about digital strategy, it's really around a couple of different things. Where does this automation plan or program that you're trying to stand up factor into what's going on within the organization? And do you have a clear implementation plan built out that highlights how quickly these tools can be put into action, what the ROI will be, and how tax is laying the foundation in a lot of situations for the organization's overall digital strategy? So tax can play a really, really important role here in how organizations start to think about digitization of those operational functions within the organization. 
The other area is where tax functions may consider demonstrating the power of automation through the use of visualization tools. So think about how the flow of information typically works. I have to pull my data. I have to work with that data in a certain way. I have to calculate it. And then I have to be able to you know, build it out in a way that I can explain what the results were. Typically, we've done that in the form of spreadsheets and putting together summaries based off of those or extracting that data to be able to put into a PowerPoint presentation or some form of slide deck that we're going to use in a consultative nature with those stakeholders. Now think about if you were to overlay a visualization tool on top of the data that you've standardized, calculated on, and be able to have a robust conversation. Tax is really at the forefront of being able to explain and communicate these complex intricacies of tax which is very challenging in a more visually appealing way. Great example of this is utilizing a visualization tool to help the organization understand the impact, let's say, on the supply chain or the impact, obviously, for tax purposes based off of supply chain change if we were to move some of our operations, let's say, from China to Canada. So it's a really important way to start to think about this more of an end-to-end approach that you take just working from the data, automating that data, but now being able to visualize it. And tax is getting a seat at the table with the C-suite to be able to provide real-time insights and analyses utilizing these visualization tools tied to these underlying automation tools. Dom and Robin, I think this has been very helpful today. You've taken us through examples, through the process that we all need to consider to get started on this automation journey, the solutions that are available, and then really focusing on the business case considerations that need to be considered before jumping into this investment into automation. This has been very helpful. And so what I'd like to ask each of you before we conclude is if there was one concise suggestion that you would want our listeners to walk away with, what would that be? And Robin, I'm going to come to you first for your suggestion. And then Dom, if you'll jump in with your suggestion, that would be great. Thanks, Julie. So the one concise suggestion that I hope listeners walk away with is accelerate your journey with platforms like Digital On Demand that are easy to implement and will deliver quick wins for the tax function and beyond. Leveraging trusted pre-built automations and best practices will significantly propel their program forward. Yeah, and I'd like listeners to take the following. You know, don't forget about the big picture. Avoid automating a process that you are still defining, or maybe that isn't as robust as you would like it to be. You may be tempted to rush a technology solution to respond to change. However, an automation will only get you to the end of a poor process faster. So thinking through that process and being able to define it is really critical. I think those are great points. And I love that point of saying, think first and then act on that automation. Very key. Well, Dom and Robin, thank you both for sharing all of your great insight on this topic. There's more to come in our Tap Into Tax podcast series as we continue to share insights about the challenges and opportunities that organizations are facing right now. And so thanks to you, Dom, Robin, and Margie for your time today. And thank you to all of our listeners for joining us. We look forward to speaking with you soon. podcast is brought to you by PwC, all rights reserved. PwC refers to the U.S. member firm or one of its subsidiaries or affiliates and may sometimes refer to the PwC network. Each member firm is a separate legal entity. Please see www.pwc.com structure for further details. This podcast is for general information purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.